0: You're listening to Our Faith, Our Country, the podcast that discusses walking with Christ and ties faith to America's foundation. Here's your host, Jason Bryant Jennings. Exodus 28, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The connection here, the concept of blue laws, which state days that you can't do certain things. My guest for this episode created Haploose, which is a Christian blog for girls and women to guide them in connecting and living with Jesus. Kristen Limbaugh bloom welcome to Our Faith, Our Country.
1: Jason, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit about coming to Christ. And I know that your family has a long, long background in religion and in faith, and it means a whole lot to them.
1: Yes, Jason, thank you. Well, I grew up in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. My dad is David Limbaugh and his brother was Rush Limbaugh. And so my parents taught me from a very young age that Jesus is my everything. And they always grounded me in the founding of America and how our founding fathers created this country with the idea that if God is our leader, we cannot fail. And the further that we fall away from those values, the more we will lose our freedoms in this country. And so I had a wonderful upbringing. I have four younger siblings and lived in a small town growing up. Well, so I moved to New York after college. And I always tell people, you know, if you grew up in New York or if you're an immigrant and you come to the United States and you go straight to New York and never leave, you won't really know America because real America is Cape Girardeau, Missouri, small towns in America where you know your neighbors and you know the people at church. And I'm so grateful for the upbringing that I had. It really gave me such a solid foundation and it gave me confidence in who I was it, because I had a community around me. I had such a strong family around me who always supported me, always encouraged me to follow my dreams and to set high goals for myself, because especially in this country, we have the opportunity to do that. We can all dream big dreams for ourselves. So I grew up with such a wonderful foundation, as I said. And when I went to college, I tried to get involved in a church, but I wasn't really connect to a community in that church. So I was a good kid, but that was the time in my life where I would say I was the most lost, the most disconnected with God. I was um, in a sorority, you know, just having fun with friends. And I honestly was just very focused on um, in college. I really wanted a boyfriend and never had a boyfriend <laughs> in college. And I was just like aching for love, honestly. And it wasn't until my senior year that I realized that the love I was craving, I was misappropriating romantic love with the love that I was actually craving from Jesus. And so my whole faith journey, honestly, has been God using the tiniest little things to soften my heart and turn me to Him and attune my ear to His voice. And so the first thing that happened that I can really remember, although We know that God works in everything. But one of my sorority sisters told me to follow this ESPN reporter on Instagram because she had created an Instagram account for her little baby girl that was really sarcastic and hilarious. And so I went and followed this particular person. And I was like, this woman is hilarious. Who is she? I looked her up and she and her husband had met. He was an NFL player and they had met, I think like on Twitter And they were both Christians, and they got married within three months. And her dad was a pastor. She's a strong Christian. And I could just see that she had done things the way that God wanted her to do them. And here she was with this beautiful baby, great career, handsome husband, and she was really thriving, and she still had a really funny personality. And so the enemy had really gotten into my head in college and made me think that Christians all had to be uptight, never have any fun. And so that was God's first tool to making me realize that He created my personality. He created my dreams. And so why did I think that I had to live outside of the context of those things in order to follow Him? So I had an internship in New York that summer. And I was rooming with one of my best friends. We had to share a bed in a studio apartment. (laughs) Fun, times. And we went and got a glass of wine after our first day at our internship. She was asking me about my dating life. And I told her, you know, I'm actually, for the first time in like four years, I'm going to take a step back because I'm really feeling this craving to get to know God better. And she sat there with wide eyes and she said, Kristen, this is crazy because... I had this exact same epiphany about six months ago. And since then, I've been reading the Jesus calling devotional every day. I've read several books on Christian dating and marriage and just the walk to really get to know Christ. And she's like, I've never been happier in my life. Jason, the joy was just emanating from her. And I was jealous. I was like, I want this zest for life that my friend has. And so I said, tell me what you're reading. You know, I was like, get me the book. So that summer, I like to call it my honeymoon with Jesus because I borrowed her Jesus Calling devotional and every single morning I'd wake up and I would be so excited to see what the devotional was going to be because it literally spoke directly into what I was facing, what I was worried about. And that was just the beginning of a long journey over the past, I guess, seven years now of really coming into I would say a friendship with God. You know, I love the verse. I don't know the exact verse, but where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, now that I've told you these things, you're not just my followers, you're my friend. And I just think that God wants that for every single one of us. And so my favorite Bible verse of all time is the last verse of the Gospel of John. It's John twenty-one twenty-five, And the Apostle John is finishing up his story of you know, witnessing Jesus. And he says, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the entire world could not contain the books that would be written. And this is my favorite verse, because I feel like it really shows us the whimsical, adventurous side of God and how there is just so much depth to him. There's a mysterious nature to him where he's calling each and every one of us to pull back the different layers of the pieces of our lives to discover his hand in every single detail. I mean, he is literally working miracles for all of us every single day. And so I'm just so grateful that he is such a good father. And I will say, when I got to New York, the funny thing is, you know, in college, I always wanted a boyfriend and The second I actually moved to New York two years after that internship with my honeymoon with Jesus, I met my husband the first day I moved to the city (laughs) and we started dating probably three months for us to actually really like get each other's numbers and whatnot. But we were engaged within 10 months and it was just such a beautiful relationship from God. And so God has shown me, I mean, through so many ways, but especially through my marriage that. He knows me better than anyone else and that his plans are always, always so much better than what we could ever ask or think or imagine. And since we've been together, we joined a church in New York City called C3NYC. And that has been a whole other huge, I guess, turning point in my faith because that was the first church I've ever been a part of, at least in my adult life, where I had a true community around me. And they do these things called dinner parties every Wednesday night where they just host people at different apartments and it's like a potluck situation. Everyone brings something for dinner. There's wine, you know, we're Christians, we can still drink wine. <laughs> and um, it just really kind of took the pressure off of what I think happens to a lot of people. When you come to a new church, you get intimidated and you think maybe, you know, I'm worried I might not get along with these people. Maybe I'm not ready to dive into a full-on Bible study, but they just meet for dinner on Wednesday nights. And you just, you meet, you talk and eat for an hour. And then you kind of discuss what the sermon was the Sunday before. But that was a huge, huge blessing. And the other thing that church did for me is it really taught me how to pray with others. And they had prayer meetings every Tuesday morning. And so I would go, I started going after I went to a conference and it's such a blessing to pray with others because number one, I just think it's really intimidating to pray out loud in front of people if you haven't done it before. And so when you're in a room with people, you kind of learn from others how It's interesting to see people who are so grounded in their faith, so alive in the Spirit, see how the Spirit moves through them as they pray and not care about the Word so much, but to really just allow the Holy Spirit to speak through them while they're praying. And so that has changed my life tremendously. And now I'm, whereas I would not ever be the first person to volunteer praying for someone, now I love it because it really just connects people in a different way. And now when I'm with my really close girlfriends who are also believers, if we're ever talking about something, we've just gotten to the point where if we're going through something and we're struggling, we're like, you know what? Let's just stop and pray. Like, what, why are we trying to figure this out ourselves? Like, let's just bring Jesus into the mix here and <laughs> he's going to, he's going to help us out here.
0: You touched on something that is key for a lot of people, especially for me, even today. Is the fact that when I am in those small groups at church, when I've been asked, Hey, do you want to open us with prayer? It's hard to do. It is so Mm -hmm. hard to do that. Yeah. But then I get told one of the coolest things, and and I hadn't heard it before this, and I'm kind of upset that I hadn't heard this Mm -hmm. in in the past, but the advice that I was given was just have a conversation. And if nothing else, say thank you for everything. Yeah. I think that was some of the best advice, even when you're on your own. It doesn't have to be complicated. Here's the thing. God already knows what we need. He already knows what we want. And he already knows what's going to happen in our future. So right. And what has happened in our past. So mm-hmm. all we need to do is just have that conversation and make it conversational, which even that is difficult to do. It's a lot easier to say it than to do it. And first of all, yeah. thanks a lot for sharing your story. Let me jump back. What is the best piece of advice when it comes to religion and faith that your Uncle Rush gave you?
1: So my Uncle Rush, when he had first gotten his diagnosis about his lung cancer, I was testing with him quite a bit. And I sent him Romans 8:28 for an encouragement. And it said, and we know in all things that God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. And my uncle Rush said, I believe that verse to a T. And he said, you know, in my faith journey, it's not that everything that happens to us is good or that we're, we're supposed to think that everything that happens to us is good. You know, you know, my uncle Rush was just so practical. He was so common sense. And so obviously I love that he said, you know, obviously we're not meant to just be robots and think that everything that happens to us is good. But he said, what it does mean is that we, are to believe that God himself is good. And so in a world where there's just so much suffering and pain, because we know that God who created this world and created us, we can always have hope that there's beauty and light at the end of the tunnel. And so that really touched me through his entire Sickness for a year. He was so positive. He never wanted people, his family especially, to worry about him. I mean, he was just truly such a selfless person, always looking out for our family and always encouraging us. He always came to visit us on Christmases and for my high school plays. And so that is my favorite moment with my Uncle Rush and the favorite piece of advice he gave me on his faith and really, you know, my faith as well in relation to him.
0: Kristen, as I mentioned in my open, you created Haploose, which is a Christian blog for girls and women to guide them in connecting and living with Jesus. Tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about that briefly here and your motivation for starting it. Maybe even some of the feedback, some of the stories that you've been told by people that have been keeping track of it and following it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I probably, I guess it was three years ago now just really had a nudge to start helping other girls, women my age specifically, in their walk with Jesus, because I had had this huge heart transformation, as I told you, when I really started to come into a friendship with God. And I had friends who literally said to me, you know, you are different. You have just a new light about you. And um, you seem to let things slide off more easily. People were just... Kind of intrigued and also intrigued about how my husband and I got together like so quickly. And, you know, people were like, this has to be God. <laughs> and so I started, um, just giving friends and acquaintances book recommendations for different Christian books and devotionals I had read that had really helped me in my journey. So one day I was talking to my husband, who is my, I think fiance at the time. And he said, you know, why don't you just start writing these down on an Instagram page. And I think one of my coworkers had said the same thing. And I said, I don't want to seem like I'm trying to be some personality, put myself out there too much. But one night I'm sitting in bed and the nudge from the Holy Spirit was so intense. It's like I couldn't even wait until morning. I got out of bed and I created the logo. Actually, the story behind Haplos, the word itself, two years before I had an idea maybe one day to create a bracelet, like a Christian themed bracelet. And I wanted it to be just very dainty and simple. And so I decided to Google like words for simple in other languages. I think that's what I typed into Google, did not type anything about the Bible, nothing like that. And the first search results, was the word haplous from a Greek lexicon, which I didn't know this at the time. It's like the Greek, the original Greek language that the Old Testament was written in. And the word haplous is a word that Jesus used in Matthew 6, and he was talking about how you should keep your eye of like simple, pure, of one focus. And the reason that I chose it, the reason I knew there was something behind it, is because the reference number was 573, which is the area code of my small town, Cape Girardeau. So I was like, mm. okay, this is such a God link as I like to call it. So I wrote down the word hapless and I was like, God's gonna use this later, but I just, I don't know for what, you know, I'll wait. And so when I got this nudge to start writing down my thoughts, kind of my faith journey on this Instagram, I immediately knew, I was like, okay, it's gonna be called Haploose. So I started by just creating an Instagram page I literally started with four followers <laughs> wow. and, um, I think two of them were like my siblings <laughs> and God, honestly, he did it all. Um, have a small following and I took a little online class from a blogger, Christian blogger and, you know, learned how to create a website. So I put that up. I decided to start just doing online Bible studies because I really wanted to help people who, already considered themselves Christians, but felt like they didn't know what or where or who to go to, to get to the next level, so to speak. Like to, to those people who are feeling kind of lost, like, what do I do next? Okay. I believe in God. I pray, but I don't really, I'm not really consistently in a Bible study. I just feel like I could be doing more. I feel like I could be more connected. And what I have found with so many of these women that I have come to know become friends with is the question with so much of my audience is not is God able is God real it is is God willing to use his power for me hmm. is does God really love me and does he really care about the little details of my life and is he trustworthy and is he you know am I worthy I think So much of the enemy's tactics against us is shame, and that's the main tool to keep us away from our relationship with God. So I just started writing about that, writing about my own journey, how God really softened my heart to bring me back to Him and started these Bible studies. And I was miraculously given the opportunity to start writing for foxnews.com when I really like barely had a following on on social media. So I was like, this is just, it's completely God. I was so humbled to have the opportunity. And once I did start writing for them, my following really just exploded. And it was great because then that connected me with more women for the Bible studies. So what I found, and you know, I'm not like, I don't have like a hundred thousand followers. Like what God has taught me is that it's okay. You know, don't focus so much on the numbers. I think in our society, we are taught to like claw and fight and be really aggressive to have success and for things to really count. What God has taught me is that He's the one who's going to do the work and He's the one who's going to bring fruit that lasts and that matters into your life and through your life. And so if you steward what he gives you well, he'll help grow that. But it's not always about growth. Like Sometimes it's just about staying in one place, staying with a certain number, group of people, and really just flourishing within that community. And so I've been so humbled to have the opportunity to lead women, to learn from other women. And one really cool story is that I also started to host little women's brunches at my apartment in New York. And just on Saturday morning, I did it about once a month in the beginning before COVID. <laughs> and um, I typically just invited women I had met at work or, I don't know, just in my social circles. But one day I got an email from this girl, Grace, and she said, Hey, I stumbled upon your blog. My mom read one of your articles on Fox and checked out your website. And I live in Greenwich, Connecticut, and I've been dying to really find a Bible study group. And so I'm like, great, you know, our next online Bible study is starting up blah, blah, blah. But then something in me kind of, again, Holy Spirit nudge. And I was like, you know what, actually, I am having a brunch at my apartment this Saturday, if you wanted to come. And I had never invited anyone I didn't actually know. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, Oh my gosh, that was probably really stupid. Like I just, (laughs) I just invited a stranger (laughs) to my apartment. And so she was like, great. You know, is it okay if I bring my sister? I said, yes. My younger sister actually lives in my apartment building. And so I was texting her that morning, like get to my apartment in case this person is crazy. (laughs) So I'm sitting there waiting and my friend Grace and her sister Molly walked through the door and It was just like friend love at first sight. And they are now two of my absolute best friends. We pray together, talk on a regular basis. And it's just incredible that if her mom hadn't read my article that day, or if she hadn't had the guts to actually reach out and email me, or if I hadn't listened to that nudge, I never would have known her. And now she's one of my best friends. So it's just amazing how God connects us and how He really is in every single detail of our
0: lives. We just had Turning Point USA Student Action Summit. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, who is absolutely one of my favorite right now, helping to run our country, outside in the hallway, ran into a member of the youth community and told them that they are the future. And that young person corrected her and said, no, ma'am, we are the now. For me, that was the line of the summit. There was a lot of great speakers, including a couple that we're hoping to have on the show on Our Faith, Our Country pretty soon. But that line, you are the now, being said to high school and college students, just really hit home. What advice do you have for those college students, those high school students that are having trouble on their campuses and their schools right now, balancing being a Christian and also being a conservative?
1: such a great question. And I just immediately think of Timothy, who was an understudy of the Apostle Paul. And somewhere Paul writes to Timothy and says, you know, don't be discouraged by your young age and or something along the lines of, like, don't let people who don't know the truth tell you that you're too young to speak what you know to be true. And I just think that is so fitting for the young generation coming up. And I've heard a lot of prophetic words spoken by different pastors about how it's actually going to be the younger generation who will help really kind of start a revival in this country through their fire and passion and through their just like reckless abandon for the Holy Spirit working through them. And so obviously, the Bible says we are to respect our elders and submit to authority. But at the end of the day, we're all servants of God first. And especially, there's just so much wickedness happening in our culture. And a lot of that happens from higher places. And so you kind of have to tread lightly, like be wise, use wisdom. I don't think you necessarily have to be a fire brand, per se, in order to get your message across. But I do think that when you are following god and when you let god truly speak to you and work through you he's always going to lead you and he's always going to go before you i also would point them to king david who was so young you know not the pick of the litter so to speak among his brothers and he's the one who faced goliath and killed the giant and Because he humbled himself, God exalted him. And so my recommendation would be take courage, be strong, be grounded in your faith, but at the same time, humble yourself before God. You know, don't try to go out and necessarily make a name for yourself. Let God be the one to go before you and to fight for you and to speak for you through you. So hopefully that encourages anyone who is struggling to fight back against really what are tools that the enemy is using against Christians in this country.
0: Before I have you pray, us tell us how everybody can find you online and find your website.
1: Absolutely. My Instagram handle is at official. I post a lot of my content on there. And then my website is www.haplooseofficial.com. And I would just love to hear from people who are interested in joining a Bible study or getting connected.
0: If you all go to the description of the show, whatever platform you're listening on, you should be able to click right there, the link, and go to Kristen's website. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us today. If you don't mind praying us out, that would be great before we end the show.
1: Absolutely, Jason. I'd be happy to. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for your presence and for connecting us with fellow believers we thank you for this great country that we live in that allows us the freedom to worship you freely and openly and to connect with others. And I just want to lift up Jason and ask that you continue to bless this podcast. And I just thank you for his heart in sharing your word and your gospel with others. And I also want to pray for every single person listening and I just ask that um, you will ignite something in them today, the day that they're listening to this, and really set a fire in them to go forward, to be brave, and to seek you with all their heart. So we lift up all of these things, Lord. We ask that you bind them in heaven and seal them up. And um, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Our Faith, Our Country podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Faith Country Pod or by searching for Our Faith, Our Country podcast. Until next time, later times, everybody. Thanks for listening to Our Faith, Our Country. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.